0: This is Via Con Munoz with Natalia Munoz on 96.9 WHMP. We
1: are here with Laura Lovett, who is a UMass professor. She teaches a U.S. women's history. And with Morianne Adams, a former a professor of social justice education at the University of Massachusetts and a resident of Amherst, where there is a proposal to create a new. Historic district called the North Prospect Lincoln Sunset Local Historic District, and the reason this subject is coming up is um, Marla Goldberg is here, and she has a a blog called Amherst Spectator, and she wrote a very good story about this uh, movement to get this neighborhood on the books as a historic district. Um, Moriana you did a lot of research at the Jones Library. Um, In a previous conversation, uh, you mentioned that you and others just logged hundreds of hours reading uh, deeds, um, who sold what to whom. What other documents did you uncover in your your research? Uh,
2: What we were trying to find was the living history of the neighborhood. And so... Uh, The the part that I live in on Beston Street includes the small houses of working-class Irish and working-class blacks who often lived in each other's houses as tenants or owners or uh, builders. And uh, I was trying to get a picture of of who these people were, going to Ancestry.com, looking at clippings in the Jones Archive, And one of the things that I found uh, that I hadn't expected was a cluster of African American residents who had been the founders of the AME Zion Church. It was interesting because there was already a black church in Amherst, over on the Amherst College side of town, where Amherst College professors were the preachers. And it appeared, of course, I couldn't find a lot of detail here, and one is trying to recreate the history, but these uh, African-Americans, mainly from Virginia, who moved up into Amherst after the Civil War, wanted a different kind of church. And so Moses Goodwin, who had started out in Amherst by, by renting in an Irish home next door, then bought a larger home where he and his family worked with Mitty Hall Anderson, who lived across the street. Now, Mitty Hall Anderson had been brought north as a young woman and a domestic, to Northampton and had been abused in the homes where she was working as a domestic. So she left Northampton and came to Amherst, rented a house, eventually bought a house. And she also was a founder of the AME Church. And the black community grew to Page Street with families like the Hasbrooks, the Tills, etc. So we have wonderful pictures, for example, of Moses uh, Goodwin in his uh, bicycle shop, kind of in his repair overalls. And we have a wonderful portrait of Mitty Hall Anderson drawn by some of the children of the domestics where she worked.
1: Where can people view these documents? How do you access them?
2: Yes. Uh, the, The simplest place to access it right now will be the website for the town of Amherst. If you go onto the website and then go to boards and committees and then go to Lincoln Sunset LHD and click on that, you will find in the report many of these pictures and also in the additional resources. Further, these pictures will be shown at town meeting on May 1st when we present this local historic district for approval.
1: Amherst celebrates its town meeting on May 1st. At what time, Marla? Uh, 7 p.m. Okay. Uh, 7 to 10 p.m. Um, Laura uh, Laura Lovett it. This is a district that is not the traditional it uh, doesn't have the traditional profile of a historic district. Um, it's not about solely about the architecture. No. It's not it's not solely about what beautiful homes. It's about the people who inhabited them and their contributions.
0: So how is this different than other historic districts? So then the national this, the houses that are already on the National Historic District are all there because of recognition in terms of architecture, in terms of the the knowledge about somebody who lived there. But it's a very stilted way of thinking about history and has almost nothing to do with the way that many of us who are history faculty currently teach history. Um, and so what we're actually hoping to do is to really have the, the preservation of historical buildings reflect the way that we actually teach history, which is that we teach it as a really vibrant uh, a moment that you can learn so much from. I'm thinking, thinking about you know the fact that Moses Goodwin owned a bicycle shop in town, a bicycle repair shop in town. I have so many students right now who are really thinking about how revelatory it is to be thinking about new modes of transportation or thinking about urban gardens and and you know this district in particular really sort of is is peppered with the kind of legacy of living in a way that our my students think of as new, but really is old. What was the you're the you're the person
1: who came up with this idea? What did you see? What happened that made you think I, I want to do something uh, so that this history
0: uh, it becomes known? So I. I- Teach sometimes histories of food and agriculture, and and I have a lot of work of with students who are really excited about permaculture, right? Which is one of the main main uh, growth fields in terms of UMass Amherst. And I had been living, I lived near the district, and um, lived, in fact, in a house that had been made out of resourced materials from the Quabbin Reservoir, um, the towns that were were sunk from the Quabbin Reservoir. And in fact, there was a, a. Barn that was torn being torn down, and I'd actually testified about the importance of how, for my students, it's revelatory to think about a neighborhood with barns, and it and it allowed me to sort of really understand that the way that my students often grow up really imagines a very different America, a post-war America, suburban development where all homes are sort of are are framed in terms of socioeconomic similarity where we have a divide between rural and urban where food production is seen as something that you remove to some other place and and they're really actively trying to reimagine how to live and here we have a laboratory steps from UMass of a kind of an older past that really is i think speaks to a new generation
1: we're speaking with uh, Laura Lovett a history professor at UMass Actually, she teaches U.S. women's history at UMass. She's also the author of the history of eugenics. Who's interested in the history of? She's interested in that and in, in the history of housing segregation. And we're also speaking with uh, Morian Adams, who is a retired UMass social justice uh, professor. And we're talking about this proposal uh, to create a new historic district in Amherst that looks at the people who live there, not just the architecture. There was a time in Amherst where there was a vibrant working class and middle class. This goes to either of you, Moriana or Morian or, or Laura. Does this district in some, does somehow then spotlight a
2: relic of history? My hope is that that's not the case. It is important that the homes that were built in the 1860s and 70s and 80s but they are still there, and you can go there and see uh, the repre- the representation of, the, of, of who lived there at one time. It is true now that with the price of homes, certainly the people who built and lived there could not have afforded them, and in fact many of us who live there could not now afford to buy our own homes. So let me say that in a separate part of my work, I'm working with a group called the Amherst Community Land Trust where we are bu- proposing to buy the land that would be held by the land trust so that the homes would be only half the market value and would become affordable once again. And so we are looking forward to the time when this neighborhood once again becomes a working class, mixed race, mixed class and we need to preserve the neighborhood to bring that history back in the future. Laura, you know all about
1: segregation and housing. What are the chances of something like that uh, coming to fruition in, in Amherst?
0: So I know that home ownership and the way that we imagine home ownership as an investment in increased, in in a predictable investment of of, of monetary expenditure is a relatively new event. And in fact, the way that I was thinking in terms of we do have in some ways a mixed class um, group. If you think about students as a class, right? We have a kind of a rental the, a rental market that is much more like the kind of of home home market that we had before the passage of the Homeowners Loan Corporation and the. Federal Housing Administration, loan supports. So, so the idea that you buy a, p- a piece of property and you assume it increases in value is rooted on a racially and ethnically um, and class-based policy that decided to exclude some neighborhoods and some homes, mainly those that were owned by African Americans or immigrants, from guaranteed federal subsidies for home loans, where white... Um, native-born, often at the time described as middle-class Americans, were guaranteed that the property that they bought would increase in value. And I think that's something we haven't dealt with in terms of the legacy of racial segregation and the, the multiple generations. We know following the implementation of the Federal Home Loan Administration that in fact second and third generations of families often buy their houses, often pay for college, on the benefits of being able to predict home home value increase. I think generationally, one of the things that I see that's happening that's very exciting is a generation of people who are beginning to reimagine that maybe they don't want to own their own home, that maybe, in fact, that is not the most sustainable way to set up a community. That Like owning a car, right, it is really rooted in a notion of a very individualistic idea of sort of managing wealth and that, in fact, we do much better if we live in a more complicated rental (laughs) bicycling community. It
1: sounds like the bottom line, if this district becomes official, it becomes a living history lesson. Yeah. In this is how people can live together. Yes. Thank you, Laura Lovett and Marianne Adams for being here. And thank you, Marla Goldberg, for bringing this story. Let me just mention your blog, please. It's called com. Marla Goldberg, genius Journalists
0: oh, at oh, work. So sweet. <laughs> Thank you so much, Natalia. Thank you, ladies. Okay. This is Via Con Munoz with Natalia Munoz on 969 WHMP.